Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Country. I'm Troy, joined by Chris as always. We have a great interview for you guys. It's Nico Moon. I definitely think you'll enjoy it. Big shout out to his manager, Randy, for setting it up. We'll send it over to the interview now. All right. We now welcome a special guest, one of our favorite new artists right now. It's Nico Moon. Nico, how you doing, man? What's up? Yeah, doing good. How are y'all? Doing well. How you doing, Chris? Yeah, I'm doing great over here, Nico. It's good to see you again and glad to have you on. I know uh, we enjoyed the Platonic Tour and it's good to finally talk to you here and hear some insights from you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we were able to reconnect and make this happen. So looking forward to getting into it with y'all. Awesome. So I guess we'll just start off with good time. Just went to radio a couple weeks ago. Tell us a little bit more about that tune. Uh, why'd you pick it for the first single? Yeah, so I'm so super excited about Good Time because it's my first single that I've released to radio. So this is my baby. It's my first one. And I wanted it to be the first song that I released to the world and to radio because I feel mm-hmm. like out of all my songs, Good Time really sums me up the best, I think. And it represents me the best, I think, to the world. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a simple guy. And I got a simple kind of goal with what I'm trying to do with with my music, and that is just to bring positivity and an uplifting vibe to uh, to country music. And I feel like Good Time does that. You know, it gets it gets that point across, and I'm so proud of it. I, I co-wrote it with my wife and and a few of my mm-hmm. buddies. So it's a fun song. It's it's just really about getting together with your friends and your family and the face of the people that you care about, getting out on some land and uh, spending time with them. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's probably my second favorite behind uh, Paradise to me. I just love that jam. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, good. Good times, awesome, and you definitely bring that energy in the song, and like I love that, and especially as it's like getting warmer here and everything. Like the song, yep. just like it just fits right now. That's awesome. Yeah, the goal. The goal was to make the kind of music that you want to get out on your deck, hang on with your friends on, or maybe uh, out by some water or something like that, especially paradise and me on some water. I grew up in Georgia <laughs> yeah. right uh, next to a lake. I didn't grow up near the ocean or anything. I mean, the only time I went to the ocean was maybe PCB on, on spring break and stuff like that. So all my <laughs> memories of the water are uh, on, on the lake, you know? So I was like, man, I want to write a, write a song for all my lake people out there. You know? Yeah. Love that. And just to go on the good time too, you also had the um, video for it, the music video for it, which was pretty sweet with the old Buick uh, G- GS convertible. Yeah, Dude, that was sick. Yeah, is, that, is that actually your car or is that? Man, I wish it was. A but It's a buddy of mine's <laughs> car and he let gotcha. me borrow it for the day. And everybody in the video, those are all my friends from down in Georgia. Those are That's all my sweet. people. Those are my best friends. So I, I didn't want to hire a bunch of actors to play my friends for my video. I just wanted to get my real actual <laughs> friends. So they all drove up. We were, uh, we shot it at my manager's house outside of Nashville. They all made the drive up from Georgia and yeah, we shot it. Even my buddy with the car drove all the way up from Georgia with the car. That's, That's unreal. Awesome. That's so cool. So obviously we just finished up on the platonic tour, obviously shortly we uh, got cut short a little yeah. bit there, but Tell us yeah. a little bit about being on the road with Ryan and, and I know Joey was there with you guys for a little bit. How was uh, being on the road kind of seeing just the transgression of just everyone listening and hearing your songs like throughout it, especially with good times and the EP that you just released? Yeah, it was crazy. I think from the first show to the last show, there was a definite shift in the vibe uh, of the crowd. I, I could tell that FM radio, I uh, haven't just started playing it right around that towards mm-hmm. the end of things. And Sirius XM, the highway, playing Good Time regularly. I started noticing, and, and streaming starting to pick up on the song. I noticed uh, from the first show, like a couple people singing along. And then by the end, like most of the crowd was singing along the Good Time, which is uh, pretty surreal. <laughs> it's a strange feeling because uh, I've been a songwriter here in Nashville for a while. and I've been blessed and fortunate enough to watch some songs that I've written be 
sung back to artists that I wrote them for and stay inside stage and watch that go down. And it's a pretty amazing thing to watch. But to get that connection with everybody face to face is a pretty special thing. And it's really why I decided to go from the world of studio and songwriting into being mm-hmm. an artist. It's because I, I love people. I love connecting with people. And it was for yeah. that very sort of connection right there. And it was those moments are like firmly imprinted in my brain from that tour because that was the first tour that people ever sang my thoughts back to me. And it's a really cool film. It makes you feel connected to other people really deeply. You know, that like the way you feel, other people resonate with it too. And you're there together mm-hmm. in this moment, vibing out on this thought and this energy of music and mm-hmm. not to get all hippy dippy and shit, but, but it is, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. It really, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. So I can't wait uh, to get back out and uh, experience it again and connect with people more in the future. So, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And like overall, the tour was great. We were able to catch a few shows, you know, and uh, one thing that impressed me the most with you was just like your stage presence. Like you seemed like you've been doing that for like years and everything. Like how did you become so comfortable, like so fast performing? I don't know, man. I don't even know what I'm doing up there. (laughs) My wife's like, where'd you get those dance moves? I'm like, shit, I'm just wiggling around. I don't know. (laughs) That's dancing. And I feel bad. I don't know. Uh, I don't honestly know, man. I'm just vibing off of the crowd and just feeling them. And the more that I feel like they're engaging with me, just the more into it I get. And it was really, that's why I make the music that I make because it was really important for me to make fun, happy, positive country music. Because I knew, I was like, I'm going to be going out on the road and playing these songs every night. And what do I want to do? Do I want to get all super serious and super deep and all that? Or do I I want to every night be able to have fun and basically have a party every night with everybody and and help people kind of like escape the stress of of life for that moment and just kind of go to this other place and forget about all that shit and just have fun. And I was like, that's what I want to do with my music. So it's a, a point that I made before I started writing the songs. It's like, all right, I'm not doing any sad songs. Like that's just a choice that I've made for my, for, and I love, I love a good sad song like whiskey lullaby. I think it's one of the greatest <laughs> songs of all time, you know? So yeah. not yeah. saying I don't like to listen to them. I'm saying, but for me, for my personal music, I felt it's just what I felt was the right thing to do for my music. It's to just make fun, happy music. And so uh, it, you kind of can't help but like jump around and have fun with everybody playing these songs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I actually think that's a pretty good idea, though, like just having like fun songs, especially for the live show, because, I mean, you brought just so much energy and like the crowd definitely was like vibing off you as you were vibing off the crowd. So I think that was like really important, especially when you're like trying to like just get new fans and everything. Like I think that was uh big. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's um, I, some of the most transformative moments I've ever had in, in my life were at concerts um, where I felt more mm-hmm. connected to people or even to myself, you know, where like I just resonated super hard on something that someone said or, you know, a moment in a show. And that's what's inspired me to do music in general is a lot of those live show moments. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about how I wanted my live show to be. And it's important. It's really important for me to like, help take people to a place where they feel joy and happiness, you know, especially, you know, with what's going on now, you know, life is, life is stressful, man. Life is, life can be really tough, man. So anytime we can get together and and enjoy each other's company and have fun. And I am so all about that and anything I can do to help that energy with people. Yeah. I I think that's what I'm here for. I think that's in some weird way, maybe my, my kind of purpose with, with life, you know, so. I'm going to give it all, all I got to bring a little bit, a little bit of happiness to the world. You know? Oh yeah. We love that. <laughs> we, we brought some friends of ours to Chicago, to those Chicago shows and not gonna lie. They didn't like hear about you before us just kind of telling them about it. And then we got to the show and we're just like, guys, we saw you guys in Nashville, obviously. And we're just like, you guys are going to love Nico. Obviously Ryan, they knew about Ryan and everything, but they're just like, you guys are just going to love and just seeing their reactions when you first came out on stage, they were just like, who is this guy? This is awesome. <laughs> and That's they're just awesome. like jamming to their music and stuff like that. And you mentioned like no sad songs, but no sad songs is one of your songs. And I love that song. So 
Thank uh, you. Tell us a little bit about that one, because I know it's not on the latest EP right now that you have out, but yep. uh, tell us a little bit about No Sad Songs, because it sounds like that just resonates with you even more than anything right now. For sure, yeah. I'm working on it really hard. It's probably the most request song that I have right now that's unreleased, because mm-hmm. I do my lives every week you know, on my socials, and people mm-hmm. constantly requesting. So I'm fortunate that my recording studio is here at home, and I make all my music, everything that I... I do. Good time. Everything was made here at my house. And every song that I I wrote on my album, I wrote with my wife and one of my best friends, Josh, who co-produced the album with me. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're working on No Sad Songs right now. And I'm excited to get it out. But yeah, that's another one that just really, if good time is kind of like what I feel like encompasses who I am as an artist to the world, I feel like No Sad Song is the song that encompasses what the album is all about. So I'm excited to get that one out. It's a fun tune. I can't wait to make a music video for it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, people like it, man. They like it just because, you know, yeah, I think sometimes you just don't, you don't feel like hearing no sad songs, you know? It's like sometimes you're at a show and it's going, it's going, and then a sad song, you're kind of like, all right, cool. <laughs> like you get all serious. Get a little bit. Like, Let me go grab a yeah. beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go get a drink real quick or, or, you know, just get in your feelings for a moment or whatever. But I was like, Nah, not for my show. I don't really want to do that for my <laughs> show. <laughs> I just want to keep it going, man. Just want to keep the good times rolling. So people leave with that feeling of just happiness. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Kenny Chesney show where it's just like always up and, and going. Yeah. And even like Thomas Red a little bit. It's just always like a party. It's just like, so I want you guys to just put it, you yourself, you put it out all out on the stage. And then all the fans, yeah. like they're just, having a good time just as much with you too. So it's kind of like a yeah, totally. give and take. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I got songs like drunk over you and, and there's some going to be some other ones that'll be coming out that do tackle tougher subjects. You know, like that was about a serious yeah. breakup that I had. But um, when I tackle those type of subjects, I still want to do it in like a redemptive way. So it's still looking yeah. at it glass half full, you know, it's like, yes, mm-hmm. that didn't work out, but you know, looking at it now, I'm glad that it didn't work out because that wasn't my person. And if I hadn't, uh, if that hadn't worked out, I wouldn't have met my wife. You know, that's how I look at that breakup yeah. now, you know. So I, I want to tackle those type of subjects with a positive mindset so that when people are are listening to a breakup song, it can inspire them. If they're going through a breakup, that it's going to be all right. You will get through this. It didn't work out because that wasn't your person sort of, you know, thinking, you know. So almost I, I'm really inspired by uh people like Bob Marley and uh, mm-hmm. artists like that, like almost want to bring that type of mentality to country music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you like, who are your like musical inspirations? Because your sound is like, obviously it's not traditional country or whatever, but like yeah. it's still got that country feel, but it's got like yeah. some like hip hop vibes. R&B. Like, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. For sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in, uh, in Georgia right outside of Atlanta, like 30 minutes outside of Atlanta in a town called Douglasville. And I wanted to make music that was super honest to who I am and where I'm from. And that's why the music is the way it is. I grew up about 10 minutes from Travis Tritt and Alan Jackson lived about 30 minutes from where I grew up. And so I grew up listening to that, that Georgia country mm-hmm. music, you know, and all, all my peers that I came up with, like Zach Brown and Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean and all those Georgia boys, you know, those were the current country people I listened to. But I was also right next to Atlanta. So I was getting like Outkast and T.I. and that whole Atlanta thing, too. And so for yeah. me to make country music as honest as I can make it is to just make it from where I'm from. You know, and I grew up super in the country, but we were bumping Atlanta music constantly, you know. <laughs> and when I was like riding to school in my S10, it was like my goal to like blow up my kickers in the back of my truck. And, you know, Travis Tritt couldn't do that, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but Outkast could. And yeah. but Outcast wasn't saying anything I could relate to whatsoever in the lyrics, you know, yeah. talking about, you know, gold, diamond cars and all yeah. that stacks on stacks of money or whatever. It's like I couldn't relate <laughs> to that. You know, Travis Tritt and Alan Jackson, they were telling my life through their lyrics, you know. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'm a country person through and through. And I was born in Texas, raised in Georgia. But I love the way that Atlanta music hits. And I was like, man. I want to make country music that's very much country, but that hits at the same time. Country music that can blow those speakers up, you know? So that was my (laughs) goal with my music, you know, make that kind of music. And then mentality wise, I was really inspired by people like 
Bob Marley and, and guys like that, you know? So, and then from a songwriting perspective, I was really inspired by artists like uh, John Prine, who, who we lost yeah. uh, this past week. Um, my dad is yeah. like the biggest John Prine fan in the world. So I've been listening to John Prine since I was like literally born, you know? Some of his Sam Stone was like one of the first songs I ever learned how to play when I was a kid, you know, and Chris Christopherson and artists like that, like real, mm-hmm. real song, country songwriters. I was really yeah. inspired by those guys because to me, they were especially John. John is like the king to me of clever, but conversational at the same time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is such a hard thing to do, to say something really witty, but really, really uh, conversational. And so I've mm-hmm. always tr- strove to do that as a songwriter and now as an artist to make songs that are clever, but they're not like heady in any kind of way. You know, they're, yeah. they're just mm-hmm. very chill in the way that you say things. And that is deceivingly can be really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So I want people to not even think about it when they're listening to a song and it just feels like, oh man, I could have wrote that. You know, like that's my goal. It's like, it seems like it's yeah. real easy to listen to. But it's the kind of song you can listen to over and over because there's lots of little clever moments as well. You know, that's my goal. I hope I'm doing doing it to some kind of degree. I'm never going to be as good as John Prine, but I, I'll, I'm going to be trying the rest of my life to, to to get somewhere in the vicinity as half as good as him. You know, but those are my influences. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the Eagles as well. I love mm-hmm. I love the Eagles, and I was always really inspired by their harmonies and how thick their harmonies were. So that's why my album has harmonies that are really lush and really a lot louder than typical records are. You know, I like to push yeah. the harmonies and have a lot of them, like four part harmonies. And I just love that sound. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I worked well with the Zach Brown band for so long and um, wrote so many songs for them because uh, I think well, when it comes to arranging melodies uh, in terms of many people singing it together, because certain melodies yeah. work well as a group and as one person, you know, mm-hmm. so sometimes Absolutely. certain melodies yeah. work well with a group mm-hmm. yeah kind of getting into that too with Zach Brown because obviously that was to at least Arnold that's where like we started like hearing your music where it came out from like a songwriter perspective like in Homegrown and some of those others like uh, Loving You Easy and, and whatnot so tell us a little bit about like your start in songwriting with them and, and coming up with Zach Brown Band, which pretty much everyone knows about these days so we'd love to just hear a little bit more about your experience in working with ZBB and kind of where it got you to today yeah, sure. So Zach's from Georgia too. And mm-hmm. when I, I was first starting to play music out in front of people, I was like playing bars, doing like cover gigs and just trying to pay the rent, you know, and Zach was going around and uh, was playing the same bar scene. And this was before he blew up, uh, before mm-hmm. chicken fried happened. And uh, he he had chicken, he had chicken fried and toes and all those songs had already been written, but uh, he mm-hmm. had, they hadn't come out yet. Uh, he was just kind of like a local Atlanta thing a local Georgia thing. We were constantly crisscrossing, playing a lot of the same bars. And finally, uh, one night we played at the same country club down in, uh, at the university of West Georgia in Carrollton, Georgia on the same night. And that, that's where we met each other. And we just made friends. He watched me play before he played. And then I watched him play. And then after the show, we just vibed out and got along really good, you know? And he was like, do you want to maybe write sometime next week? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. It started, a a 10 plus year collaborative creative songwriting friendship that has lasted to this day. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. I've learned a lot, a lot from him over those years, you know, and it's been a lot of fun writing for the Zach Brown band and, you know, just uh, watching them have their amazing, phenomenal climb from obscurity to selling out Fenway three nights in a row. It's been kind of crazy <laughs> yeah. to watch them go from playing Mexican restaurants to Fenway but uh, yeah, it it also really inspired me to to follow my own path and doing my own personal kind of uh, music. I've always kind of like had in my heart to want to do because I, I watched uh, friends of mine go from nothing to the top. And so it yeah. when you watch when you watch your friends do that, it it makes it not a, a dream anymore, an unattainable dream anymore. It's like mm-hmm. reality. It it can happen. It can you can make it happen. You know, uh, and it makes it real. It's almost like when uh. Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. No one had ever done it. And when he did it, the year after he did it, like 10 guys did it the year after did he it, did yeah. it. It's almost mm-hmm. like once one person can do it. And so for me, seeing it happen made it obtainable, I guess, in some kind of way, you know, but I always just kept it in my heart. And, uh, 
didn't really like strive for it until here recently over the past year or so, you know, because uh, yeah. I really enjoyed songwriting and producing uh, for other artists. And so uh made the move here to Nashville and I've really enjoyed being on this side of music. I just love all aspects of music and being behind the desk is a lot of fun and it's a whole nother world, yeah. but it's always kind of tugged in my heart to give it a go, you know, on this side of things. Cause I've always had a vibe that I felt like was uniquely mine and that people might like, you know? So finally I got the courage to do it about a year and a half ago. And I decided to do the whole thing with my wife and my best friend because I wanted to write all the songs about personal experiences of my life and who knows me better than them, you know, and <laughs> yeah. phenomenal songwriters uh, in their own rights. I mean, some of the best I, I, I know. So I was like, let's do it ourselves at home. And literally, like no pun intended, but let's make a homegrown album at the house. So <laughs> we just hunkered down and spent a year making it. And mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of the record. I'm so proud of the of the EP that's out right now. And yeah. the full album that's going to be coming out in the future is pretty much a continuation of that vibe and that thought process. You know, it's not going to be like some other world or something like that. It's more of that but just other other types of subject matters and things like that, you know, but it's very much a continuation of the EP. I want people to know that like, this is what I'm about when it comes to my music. And I'm very focused in on, on doing me and doing my thing, you know? So if you like the EP, you'll like the album. Okay. Yeah. And then continuing talking about songwriting. So obviously it's like awesome your huge songs with Zach Brown band and everything, but you grew up with him. But like when you got a cut from Rascal Flats, how was that different? And like, I don't know. I feel like when you're writing with your buddy, Zach Brown, like it's like obviously awesome. But when someone like outside that you don't really know takes your song, yeah. what did that feel like? And just tell us a little bit more about that song. Well, it was crazy. Cause um, I wrote that with uh, Shay Mooney from band and Shay and mm-hmm. we met each other in Atlanta, maybe eight years ago, before he had met Dan, and Dan and Shay had even happened yet. We were playing a BMI showcase together at Eddie's Attic, which is like a really popular acoustic venue in Atlanta. It's like the Bluebird of Atlanta. Mm. Okay. And it's like a song, a songwriting room, you know? And we made friends. It was so crazy how it happened. And then we just so happened to like get together and write about a, a year, year and a half ago. And I was thinking writing for, for them, for Dan and Shay, you know, because of uh, their album with Tequila and everything hadn't come out yet. He was in the midst of working on it. Mm-hmm. So we finished the song. I, I was pretty happy about it. I thought it was good, you know, and I was like, man, I hope that he cuts it, you know. And then so I hit him up about it like a week later. And he's like, you know, we really just finished my our album, you know, so I don't think we're going to be cutting any more songs for the album. I think our album's done. So we're not going to be cutting it, but we should pitch it. And I was like, all right, cool. Who do you have in mind? He was like, I think Rascal Flatts would sound really good singing. <laughs> and I'm on tour with them right now. Uh, and that's when he was out with Rascal doing that tour. Mm-hmm. He was like, so I'll play it for Gary and see what he thinks about it. And I was like, okay, great. So he played it for them and they loved it. And like literally he played it for them. And then like 10 minutes later, he called me and was like, they're cutting <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny how that works here in town. Like sometimes you write a song, you know, in a in a session, and you send it to, off to your publisher. They're like, okay, maybe we can pitch it to this person, that person, and they send it out to mm-hmm. their management. And it's a crazy little process, you know. You most nine times out of really ninety five times out of a hundred, nothing happens. Five times out of 100, you get a callback that says their manager liked it. They're going to play it for the artist. And you get that little bit of excitement. And then uh, <laughs> and you, and then you get the word back that they didn't really like it. Or they liked it, but they didn't feel it was right for them. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the four times out of five. And then that one time out of 100, they liked it. And then they put it on hold, which <laughs> is, you know, they'll, they'll put – sometimes an artist will put maybe 100 songs on hold for their, for their upcoming album. And then they end up yeah. cutting like 15 of those 100. And so you get that little bit more of excitement of like, oh, I got a song on hold. I got a song on hold, you know, with this artist or that artist. Then they go in and start making their album. And then that's when you find out if you actually, if they actually cut your song out of those, however many they had on hold, if Mm -hmm. it actually gets cut. 
So, and then when it gets cut, then you get excited. Oh, I'm on the album. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, will it be a, a single? Which is another single, like yeah. level of like crossing your fingers, you know, and then you find out it's a single. And then it's like, that's the real excitement for a songwriter because uh, that's where our livelihood is, is, yeah. is in the radio, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a funny little process of all these little levels, you know, but with, uh, with the Rascal Flat song, it kind of took a different path where it was direct to the artist, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a really cool moment. They decided to release it. Super proud to be a part of them. Of, you know, such a legendary group. Mm-hmm. I got some songs okay. that have been recorded and that are coming out uh, here really soon that I'm super stoked about. I can't divulge who it is, <laughs> but they're huge. <laughs> yeah. They're big, they're big time. And, um, oh, yeah. they're mass, they're massive, uh, superstars. I can't wait for people to hear these songs that I've written for them as well. That will be come now with everything going on. I'm not sure when their album is going to be coming out, yeah, but yeah, it's a pretty big artist. Got some songs that I've been able to be a part of that will be here in the near future that I'm very uh, honored about so i'm still continuing to write for other artists uh but very much focused on doing me right now as well yeah it's fun man life life is great i'm, I'm so blessed you know uh, we're, we're in a tough situation but I'm, I'm taking my blessings as much as i possibly can every day and doing everything i can to keep everybody who's connected with me on social media and things like that encouraged uh as much yeah. as i possibly can and you know playing as many shows i can't go, i can't tour but I can play as many free shows from home acoustically as, as I can possibly do. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been loving those too. I mean, it's been great to just kind of hear it. I mean, just takes me back to seeing you on the Platonic tour and anything else that's coming up here in the near future. And obviously can't wait for that album, but it's kind of cool to, to hear. And now obviously we've had a lot of like singer songwriters on now where they're doing like a little bit of songwriting and then for themselves as well as like for others. So when you're approaching that type of situation, do you go into like a write and you know, like this one's for me or do you kind of like approach it differently when you're like, know you're writing for somebody else or do you just kind of just let it all out and see if, you know, that one might work for me or, or how does it, how do you view those? Yeah, I am very much focused on me when I know I'm going to write for me. It's not, not a question. Yeah. Am I writing for someone else or me? I know that much of it. So when I sit down, I know if it's for me or somebody else, but as far as who somebody else is, that can really depend. Uh, sometimes I'll get an email from my publisher saying, hey, Keith Urban is looking for a song and mm-hmm. this kind of vibe, you know, this sort of subject matter, this kind of tempo. This is the type of song he's looking for. And then I'll sit down with some writers and we'll focus in and write for Keith Urban for that day. You mm-hmm. know? But sometimes yeah. it's not like that. Most times it's, uh, I would say that it's more Let's just write a great song. And then when we're done with it, let's figure out who would it be best for out there, you know? And then right. you kick sound to our film. And you're like, oh man, like Tim McGraw will kill this, you know? <laughs> and then it's just a matter of like reaching out to his people and getting it to him, you know? And, uh, yeah. and then just going through all those levels to get it, you know, from his publisher to his management to him himself, trying yeah. to get it to him personally, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a crazy little world out here in Nashville and there's a million songwriters. So, it's it's crazy, you know, but it's really inspiring to live in a town where there's so many talented people that, for the most part, no one knows about, you know, outside of this town. You yeah. know, there's people here that are superstars as songwriters that the world doesn't. I mean, the world now knows about Shane McAnally because of um, Songland. But I mean, he's been a superstar here forever, you know, <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. there's like tons of people like that here in town. Tons of guys and girls who are like who are it's almost like the superstars in, of country music that everyone knows as artists. There's just that many in the songwriter world here that yeah. everyone knows. And that's super big that everyone tries to basically get in the room with and write with those people because they're so good. And for every one of those, there's a hundred other ones that are just as good that just uh, mm-hmm. haven't had their moment yet to like get known or whatever, you know, it's, it's crazy, but it's inspiring. I mean, I never write with someone not unrealist, unbelievably good. There's just so many good people here. It's it's not even funny because they, they they're condensed from the whole country to this one town, you know. Mm-hmm. So no everyone's good, man. Everybody's great. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, I became like ten times as good when I moved here as when I was living in Georgia. Yeah, and I had written number ones for Zach before I ever moved here. I had written a few yeah. number ones for Zach before I ever moved here, and then when I moved here, I just got within a year I was at least twice as good, at least mm-hmm. just 
you just do you just get better because of the level of everyone around you. It's like sports or something. Playing with yeah, people better, you, you just become yeah. better. Yeah, yeah you just yeah. You don't even. It's like subconsciously, you just become better. You just raise yourself up to that level that you're around. You know, so I'm so glad I made the decision to move here because it's made me a better singer, a better songwriter. It's a great town. Yeah. Oh yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to, to touch on too, and this was a little bit, I, I feel like this is a little bit different feel. It could just be because it was on acoustic within your session, but I, could, yeah, I didn't catch the name of it, but it's called like, I'm a change man or bleeding my case to you. Yeah. It, it was, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable yeah, Doubt. Uh, okay. Yeah. Beyond Reasonable Doubt. <laughs> that That's an ode to John Prine. He's such an yep. influence of mine that I wanted one song on the album to be prine-esque you know in its melody and everything and real tongue-in-cheeky the way he is you know it's almost like he'll write songs that are like about some real serious shit but almost like in a jokey way you know yeah and so that's that's this dude's in the doghouse and and everything (laughs) is like courtroom based like he's basically been locked up he's been (laughs) in the doghouse and now he's coming up for parole to get out of the doghouse with his old lady and he's pleading his case to her you know (laughs) <laughs> to try to get out you know and so I that's why, that. like yeah. in the second verse in the second verse he says you got the right to do what you like and i won't object <laughs> if you leave but please understand this criminal man ain't scared to get down on his knees <laughs> the unreasonable doubt the unreasonable doubt i'll prove to you i'm a changed man inside and out i've been doing hard time on rambling road been doing hard time on rambling road now I'm pleading my case to you. Yeah, but uh, it's a funny song, man. It's uh, it's for you yeah. know we we all as guys have those moments where we we you know we didn't mean to, but we we said something or did something dumb, and now we're in the doghouse. We got to find our way out, you know. But yeah, I wanted to do it in a funny way, you know. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, it really resonates. I was like listening to it. I was like, all right, I can feel this one. This one, this one sticks, <laughs> just like the rest of your music. But that one was that one was on there. I was like, it's just a different feel than the normals. And once you mentioned John Prime, it's like, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I've been working on the recording of it, and it's real honky tonk. The way I, the guitar oh, yeah. on it, I mean, it's super. It's stanky, man. It's like super, <laughs> uh, almost like Brad Paisley esque. Sort of like spanky, telecastery like guitar, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. It's fun, man. It almost has that like gong. What was that? uh, Pays the song. I'm gonna miss her when I get home. You Uh, know, it's a yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Right now, I'm on this lake shore, now sitting in the sun. I'm sure it'll hit me when I walk through that door tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna miss her. Oh, looky there. I got a bath. <laughs> it's like that, you know, it's like, and then, oh, yeah. and then he goes into that like solo thing. It's like that vibe, you know, that was kind of like another like muse for that song was like, let's just make a funny song about kind of a, a serious situation. You know? Situation. Yeah. yeah. And I guess my last uh, question comment would be about your song way back. Cause I yeah. feel like you were saying like how you always want to connect with people. And I think, there's no bigger connection, I think, than the song way back because everyone has that like one friend that just like they've been through everything together. And I like I just love that song. Can you talk a little bit about that song? Yeah, man. That one is one of the closest ones to me on the album because it's all true. It's all Yeah. I mean, all this all the songs are true, you know. There's none of it's made up on the album. None of the songs are created stories, I guess you would say. But that one mm-hmm really is reminiscent for me because I think back on like all these like cool moments that I had and growing up, I had really like three guys that are like my best buddies. And we were just like this, like this squad and we were constantly with each other at all times, all through middle school, high school, and even after high school for those like few years afterwards. And uh, man, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a day we weren't hanging out just getting into something stupid, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally, you know, I, I love that line where it's like, uh, "Play ball together, got high together, everything, man. We even found God together, you know." And yeah, it's like 
so true with us, man. We went to church together. We got fucked up together, got kicked out of bars together, got <laughs> arrested together. Like, we just like, man, we just did everything together, man. Play, I mean, we, we play ball together. We just did everything together, you know? So yeah, little yeah. moments of like uh, getting caught, sneaking liquor out of my buddy's dad's liquor drawer. And uh, I remember, <laughs> man, going mudding with my, you were talking about going mudding with the windows down, you know, the that line, like, there's more to it in my mind when I say it because I remember going yeah. running with my buddy one time behind his house, and when we got stuck, it looked <laughs> like it was only a couple feet deep, man. Like, we we're just going to roll right through it, and it was, it was like six or seven foot deep, man. And we hit it, and we just started sinking <laughs> like a movie. And we sank so fast we couldn't open the doors to get out. And fortunately, he had a sunroof, and it, the water started coming in through the door through the windows. And we had to crawl out of the sunroof to get out of his car. And we're just sitting on the roof. Oh, jeez. We're sitting on the roof of his Jeep, man. And it's just under the in the mud, just like the only like maybe this much of his car, two feet of his car is left. And then we're just like, damn. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> we, so we had to go get a, our uh, our buddy who had, a, you know, like a 250 to get it, get his Jeep pulled out, man. But. <laughs> Even like little lines that don't go into detail make me laugh when I'm singing because I'm thinking about these moments, you know. But uh, yeah. to this day, we all still get together. We all get together and do a trip. So uh, last because mm-hmm. we all live That's in awesome. different places. Most yeah. of us are married now. Got kids. One of us has three kids, man. But every year we make it a point to get together and do and do something. So last year we all flew out from our respective cities we live in and met up in Vegas. And road trip from Vegas to the Grand Canyon. And then from the Grand Canyon, we drove to Denver and went and saw a show at Red Rocks. And uh, it was awesome, man. It was like a week long trip. So we we always try to do like three days to a week trip every year where we just like we go back to like being like 17, 18 again. It's it's awesome, man. It's a lot of fun. And like it's so funny, man, when we get back up, like we are right back to those dudes again. Like it's so weird. It's like no time has passed. We get immature as hell all over again, just being dumb, <laughs> young, and dumb again, you know, and it's fun. It's fun to just kind of like, yeah, have those friends that are like that, like no time. It don't matter how much we grow up mm-hmm. in our life. Like still those moments, we're still kids with each other. Yeah. I mean, we're going to yeah. be 60 years old, like doing these trips together. <laughs> man. I'm, so I'm That's really awesome. fortunate for those guys, man. And, blessed to have them in my life man so that that song is a a amalgamation of those three dudes all in one yeah that's awesome that's great my last question before i know troy wants to wrap us up here but i know that when we uh were hanging out in the uh philadelphia show you mentioned that uh, you left your hat in boston just wanted to make sure you got a safe return to that hat man (laughs) i got it man it's not even this one i haven't even i don't have it because it's at my manager's office and i can't go Uh, because of the quarantine (laughs) but luckily (laughs) i got i got three of these hats man but yeah man we were at the you know the night before we were in another city and i left it at the hotel and i about had a panic attack man because uh (laughs) it was like I'm embarrassed. I feel bad that like I, I freaked out so much over it because I'm a grown ass man. I shouldn't be getting all worked up over a hat. But y'all don't understand how much I love my hat, man. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a signature, it's a signature yeah. look. Well, man, it's just um, a buddy of mine made it for me. You know, it's like it, it, I mm-hmm. didn't get it at like a store or anything. It, a a mm-hmm. buddy of mine down in down in Georgia handmade it for me. It's real sentimental awesome. to me. Yeah. And uh, it's real important to me, and, it, and it's been with me for years. And so it's almost yeah. like a pocket knife or something that you just have forever and ever. And mm-hmm. you feel like it's uh, like almost like a friend after so long. You know, it's uh, very much similar to the way I feel about my guitar. I've got a 1947 Gibson LG, and Oof. she's 73 years old, man. She's a grandma. And, and <laughs> I love that thing like more than I love uh, any other like item that i have you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so my hat is yeah. somewhere it's like always with me so when i when i lost it i kind of panicked for a moment <laughs> and uh because i didn't know at the time i didn't know i had found it yet or anything yeah, yeah. fortunately we called the hotel someone was nice enough to turn it in and they mailed it to my manager's office so it's there good 
excuse me, yeah. there. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to get reconnected. But I'm so paranoid about my hats, man. I got like 10 of them, all different kinds and styles and everything. Mm-hmm. But this one particular style is like my favorite, you know. So this one, I have like three of them. It's pretty much the same <laughs> hat. Just There's one that's like a brand new. And then there's one that's like this one that's kind of like a little bit worn yeah. in. And then there's that one that's like really like distressed. Because my buddy, yeah. can kind of make them however you want, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, she's back in the okay. collection, man. She's back in. Good. She'll, she'll Good. be home soon and up on the shelf with the rest with the rest of her uh, sisters. I, I name them, man. I name my hats, man. This, awesome. one's, this one's this one's Rudy, man. This this is Rudy. She's named after my grandma. So uh, awesome. that's great. I, 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 it's like it's like cars with some guys, or you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. For me, shoes. it's hats. Yeah, it's yeah. like shoes. Like for me, it's hats and guitars, man. That's awesome. Good. Well, glad glad you'll be reunited soon. I just wanted to check out, man. Make sure my wife needs to make like a slow mo video of us like running to each other, <laughs> <laughs> just like spinning her around great. in a circle and shit. That would be hilarious. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, hey, man, we really appreciate you joining us. And taking time uh, anytime, to talk to us. Anytime, man. I'm sorry it took me so long to, to get with you guys. But thank y'all no for being worries. patient. And uh, I had a blast. Anytime y'all want to chit-chat, just let me know, man. I'm always there. Yeah, definitely. Well, we appreciate it. We, we can't wait for all this to blow over so we can go to another one of your shows, man. Yeah, and looking forward to the new album coming out, my man. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the love. Thank you for the support. And, uh, yeah, we'll be seeing each other sooner than later. Fingers crossed. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Take care, Nico. See ya. All right. And that was an awesome interview with Nico Moon. It was good to just sit down with him and talk through a couple of his songs and learn more about him and his process and everything. Yeah, dude, that was sweet. Uh, Obviously, we've had the great pleasure now, I would say, especially seeing him live. I think live music just feels like such a distant past now. But seeing him five times in the last couple of months was awesome. And just being able to sit down with him and kind of reminisce on not only his music and his styles, but like kind of just life on tour. Um, I thought that was really fun to just kind of relive those moments and really excited for all the new music that he kind of prepped with us uh, during that. I think that the new album is going to be unreal, just like his his EP is. So uh, really excited for all the new music that's going to come out with him in the near future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the new music that just came out on Friday? Dude, we had another killer week. It was just star-studded, obviously, and then there's a lot of up-and-coming artists and then just kind of ones that are still like on the scene just making some noise. So I'll just kick us off right away with uh, our guy Kip Moore, Crazy For You Tonight. Awesome song. I thought it was a little bit more like, it was just kind of what I would describe as like similar Kip fashion, just kind of more like lower tone, but also just hits really deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've heard a few new songs from him the last couple of weeks now and uh, really gearing up for that album that's coming out. But uh, this one was great. It was written by Blair Daly, Kip Moore himself, Weston Davis, and uh, Kip produced it. So really excited for all the music that's coming out his end and I uh, can't wait for any others. Did you have anything you wanted to add on Kip? I know he's your guy too. Yeah, no, I just, I was excited to see another song by him and just can't wait for a full length album from him soon. Heck yeah, man. I think him, him and uh, Eric Church's album are like my most anticipated behind now Kenny Chesney's, which I'll get to in a second. One that I did want to kind of highlight a little bit, especially with all that's been going on. You may have heard this. I think he did like a soft recording of it a few weeks back, um, six feet apart, excuse me, from Luke Combs. He finally released the recorded version of it on streaming platforms and whatnot. A uh, really good song is actually co-written with Brent Cobb, who we've talked about before too, working heavily with uh, Neil Medley, which was really cool to see. And then Luke himself and Rob Schneider, who you've also probably heard of in the music scene. So really good song with that. And obviously I think with, we can all relate to it right now. It's not being able to see your loved ones, not being able to go to the bar, not being able to go to concerts. I mean, obviously you're, you're thinking about that all in the back of your mind, but at the same time, it's kind of reminiscent in, in the song itself. So I thought that was a really good one. And then that was also produced by Luke and, and Chip Matthews. Hardy, 
I love Hardy, man. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Boots. This was a sweet drop by him. I think everyone that we've had on so far has had something to say about Hardy, all in the positive. I think he's just an unbelievable songwriter and artist, and he just continues to drop great songs. But what was your thoughts on the the Boots song, Troy? Yeah, I really liked it. It's obviously like a little deep and a song that people can relate to, and just the lyrics that were in this song were incredible and you know his like southern rock vibe that he's got is just awesome yeah can't get enough of that and yeah i mean he's just he's a powerhouse in nashville right now with like the songs that he's written as well as his artist career right now i definitely think he's underrated for sure too yeah I feel like if you talk to just like the average person, they may not even know who Hardy is. Yeah. And he's just got some unbelievable music. And this one, when the chorus drops on it, you just hear it and you just start, you can't do anything, but just start like bobbing your head to it. But yeah, it's great. All right. Well, let's get into the highly anticipated Kenny Chesney here and now album drop. I love this album. I know he's kind of teased some songs the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've listened to it probably three times through. I'm a, probably a crazy person, but Kind of just in my quick draw, I wanted to just highlight Wasted. That was one of the the ones that I liked the most out of it. I think We Do is also a jam, but that came out a few weeks back and then obviously on the album. But this one in particular uh, was co-written with David Lee Murphy, who you probably all know, a big name on scene, Bobby Henrik and James Slater. And then it was produced by Kenny and Ross Copperman, who produced quite almost, I think almost all or if not most of the songs on this album. And you probably heard about him singing and songwriting on other people's works that was out there. So he's a great producer and songwriter. Troy, why don't you say a little bit about your favorite song? Yeah, so I like Knowing You the best. came out a couple weeks ago, but I just think it's like such a deep song and something that probably most people I think can relate to. And then it was written by uh, our buddy Adam James. So obviously got to support him and liking that. But yeah, Yeah. I thought it was an awesome song, especially because it was like an out. I mean, it was kind of like an out. It was an outside cut because those people that wrote that song don't usually write for Kenny. And Kenny usually has his little circle of people that he gets his songs from. So, I mean, that speaks volumes, I think, to the song that he took an outside kind of written song, but an awesome song. And I thought it was an awesome album from him. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. It was also, Troy mentioned Adam James, but it was also written by Brett James and uh, Kat Higgins. So really great songwriters in there. And obviously, like you said, a great tip of the cap to, to them to get on a Kenny album. I think everyone would love that, especially right now. I think he's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest name on the country scene. Uh, probably right up there with uh, Garth Brooks, who's still kicking it too. Yeah, and Adam even like he like wrote on his Instagram that like Kenny like personally like texted him and like called him and was like, "Hey man, like thank you so much for being a part of that song and let me record it and everything." And like you could just tell by his post that like even he was just like starstruck and taken back because I think like most artists don't do that, especially an artist at Kenny's level. So yeah. really, really cool for him to do. Yeah, no kidding, man. I mean, that kind of re- reminds me back to like our interview that we, you guys just heard with Nico, where he was just like how he got in with Zach Brown band, like in the beginning, like imagine if you got like a cut on like a ZVB or like a Kenny or an Eric album now, like back between when it, they first started versus where they are now. It's just kind of telling. One other song that I wanted to highlight this week was uh, Brett Young. We haven't actually heard that much from Brett Young in the, in the last uh couple of months if not a little bit longer if i'm not mistaken but he dropped uh one on friday called lady um i thought it was a really good song it was also written by brett and john knight and ross copperman kind of similar to what we were just talking about with kenny's album uh ross is just an unbelievable songwriter and uh, producer on the scene and he had he was a uh, co-write on this single by brett young and that was also produced by uh, don huff Last uh, big one that I wanted to dive into, and this is a guy I've been following for the last, I'd say like year and a half or so, if not longer, but kind of paid more attention to him. But CJ Soler, or Soler, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that one, but he just dropped an awesome EP this last Friday called Coming My Way. Our guy Neil Medley actually was uh, a writer on one of the songs Coming My Way, which is the title track. Really good. Actually, excuse me. 
misquote. It was a better, uh, better man, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Better memory. My goodness, it is Sunday. Uh, I'm losing my mind over here. But Better Memory was the song in particular that I was uh, touching on. And that's co-written with Neil Medley, CJ himself, and Smith on Quest. Really great EP. I, I think this dude's just unbelievably talented. Besides my false pronunciation of his name, so apologies, CJ, if you're listening. But some other notables that I wanted to talk through this week. Rascal Flats dropped another song this week called Through the Years. Thought it was a really good one. A little bit different for Rascal than I'm used to hearing, but nonetheless, I know there's a lot of Rascal fans out there. Uh, Gabby Barrett has been uh, putting a lot of new songs out there lately, and she had one with uh, Shane and Shane this past week, which was really good, called Got Me. Um, I think she's just extremely talented, and I thought that song was very good. High Valley. I'm a big fan of High Valley. I think Northern Star was their most uh, recent one. Randy Montana was actually a co-write on that song itself. I thought it was really good. I really love High Valley's voice and just their kind of like their sound overall. I think it sounds really unique for the country scene right now with kind of like just the the nodes and medleys that they kind of produce. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool song from them. And then obviously we have Mother's Day coming up and cannot leave off the song Mamas by the Swan Brothers. Troy, were they on, correct me if I'm wrong, they were on uh, The Voice, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, co-written by Colton and Zach themselves and produced by them. So it was a really cool song uh, that they had, especially with uh, Mother's Day coming up next week. So if uh, this is your friendly reminder to get uh, those extra gifts or or something to think of your your moms out there, I'm sure they'll appreciate it. And then I did want to just say again, I know we had Brandon Ray on uh, last week, but he's had a new song coming out this next Friday, which I'm really pumped for. So be on the lookout for that one. But otherwise, guys, we had a great new music week. And uh, Troy, did I leave anyone off? I know there's a laundry list. That I think there's over like 20 new songs, at least that we had on our playlist. But any others that you wanted to shed light on? No, I think you hit the main ones that I was really jamming to. There's another good week of new music. So hopefully next week doesn't disappoint. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, hopefully it just keeps on coming. But uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Hopefully you guys have a good rest of your week. Always appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. And next week we got uh, Ray Fulcher, so it'll be a good one. We'll catch you guys next week. Take care.